Welcome to the Honest Art Podcast. I'm your host, Jody King. As an artist for 20 years, instructor, speaker, author, and fellow rebel, I've worked with thousands of people around the world, from beginners to established artists, helping them create their strongest art and build a career doing what they love. So if you are ready to have a little fun while you learn about art, creativity, building a thriving art business, and living a bold, audacious life, you are in the right place. Also, if you're considering going pro in your art business, grab the PDF in the show notes on the five things they don't teach you in art school. All right, let's get messy. Welcome back to the Honest Art Podcast. We are going to hear today from an artist who had the audacious dream of quitting her job of two decades, Uh, Becky Joan Springer, she was working in higher education, teaching counseling classes and running a center for queer and trans students before recently making the move to full-time artist. Um, You're going to love her. Becky Joan Springer, like I said, she is incredible and her journey is so inspiring. We're going to get into today what it's been like to have this crazy dream and big goals and what she's been able to do to make this a reality ever since joining Art Biz for Rebels a few years ago. So Becky Joan Springer, how are you doing? Hello, friend. I'm good. (laughs) I'm so happy to see your face. Uh, I'm good. I am six months into this wild ride and I keep, it feels like much longer and like yesterday. So yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's like, it's almost like a a trauma response. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh my God, what have I done? But also, what have I done? Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) What did I do? And I'm so glad I did this. Yes. I'm so glad. So give our audience some context. Um, You know, I, I know you because a few years ago we met when you joined the art business program. Luckily for me, I also got to meet you in person last year in Italy, one of the greatest moments. I was like meeting an old friend. Um, but for context, can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and your background? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I, I think I'm thinking about it in relation to artistic pursuits. And I was, I think about my background. I was always creative. I was always... Uh, I have friends from high school who are like, you were always drawing, you were always doodling, but I never, I never thought about it as anything more than just something I did naturally all the time. Uh, my parents, I grew up poor, working class, uh, and I was good in school. And so it was always my way out was always an education and going to school. And so that was always the forefront of my mind. Uh, was college. And so I went and got my undergrad and I studied sociology and gender studies. And I got really interested and really passionate about queer theory and gender studies and women's studies. And then I went and got a master's degree in that. And then I jumped, well, I worked in some nonprofits, but then I jumped into the higher ed world. And that's where I've been for the last two decades. I've been working with um, at-risk students 
queer and trans students uh, and working in education. So that's my background. Um, I just, I mean, the work that you do in the world is so important, so important. And um, just want to shout that out, especially yeah. right now. Yeah. And I feel like I'm trying to meld that background now with my art and my art world. And part of what I was doing was in higher ed, I was uh, leading retreats and workshops, uh, but in a totally different way and a different topic. And so then when I started doing art, it felt like a really natural um, leap. I say that, but it took over a decade for me to finally like take the leap to do, um, to start offering workshops and art classes, but, and organizing retreats. And so that's what I'm really passionate about right now. So you are in higher ed doing that, that job, very important job. At what point did you go back to these creative things that you did as a child? Was there any, anything in, in, you know, that happened or did you just kind of gradually start picking it up again or did you never put it down? I did put it down. So in undergrad, I took art classes, so, but I primarily in printmaking and stone sculpture, which is wild. Uh, which we I all do a- in undergrad, <laughs> stone, stone sculpture. So every now and then I would carve some stones. Uh, <laughs> I took a painting class actually, and it was part of the reason that I stopped doing art is because I had a really horrible experience in a painting class in college and I was going to minor in art. Uh, and I, anyway, I didn't go that way. I had a really horrible experience. And then I didn't. Wait, you can't just tease us like that. (laughs) Everybody that I know that stopped has a horrible story to tell. Mine was when my third grade teacher gave me my mushroom back and said, you know, I did the assignment wrong and I just decided then I was an artist. But what is your story? Oh, I took, which is so funny because it was a landscape class and now I paint landscapes sometimes. But anyway, so I took an art class and I, the art teacher accused me of making up my studio hours and basically called me a liar, but I just was really stuck in my head and the way he wanted paintings, I was really meticulous and I took too much time and I, I overthought it and it was totally the opposite, which is so fitting. It's the opposite of my style right now which is intuitive painting and working really fast at the beginning, uh, which is fitting, right? Full circle. Uh, but he accused me of lying and he gave me a really bad grade and art ended up being one of my worst grades in undergrad. <gasps> and I was like, this is not for me. I don't want to do this. And then I just abandoned it entirely for over a decade, probably after that. So, yeah. So what brought you back? Uh, so I, it was a series of really hard shit. Uh, so, I mean, it just was like one thing after another, I was in a high stress job that I loved and I felt really passionate about the students I was working with, but the, I've always been a rebel and I probably should never have had a boss, but the institution itself and the bureaucracy was really getting to me. And then I had come out. Uh, as queer after college and I had met a partner uh, my partner that I married now and I had um, told my parents and that was a long journey but anyway they ended up uh, basically disowning me and I went through a really really hard journey with them and they didn't come to my wedding and I was 
just really struggling with my mental health and grief. And then right after we got married, we were trying to get pregnant and we spent many years dealing with infertility, many years. Uh, and then I only to find out that I had uterine cancer and ended up needing a hysterectomy. And so it was a lot, <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. It was, it was a basically out of desperation is what I would say. Yeah. I ended up taking a Brene Brown art journaling class and I took it because someone suggested Brene Brown to me. I thought Brene Brown would help me live this wholehearted life. The art journaling component was the second part of it. I didn't think it would be as um, life-changing as it was, but the yeah. art journaling part, it was like a light bulb. It, it changed the tra trajectory of everything. Wow. Then, well, first uh, of all, where would any of us be without Brene Brown? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a huge shout out to Brene Brown. Um, but thank goodness that that, that that happened. That I, I mean, that you had that outlet at such a traumatic time of your life. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful and a saving grace and it was everything. And then I took, I started taking every online art class I could get my hands on and just started playing in my guest room and at my kitchen table. And then I took an in-person art retreat and that is really where everything changed. Like it, it was, it was the art component mixed with the healing and the community piece. And it, it was, yeah, it was, everything changed. It was like, this is where I was meant to be. Uh, and I, anyway, I could go on and on about art retreats and I've taken one with you. Uh, <laughs> but it just really was where I was like, hell yeah, this is it. This is what I, I love, I love being in community and I love making art. And I've spent art retreats crying to myself. I've spent art retreats laughing, but it just, it, it was just, it was like, this is what I want to do. And that's where I'm at now. Yeah. It does open up something within us, doesn't it? Just uh, being the being, I'm talking about retreats and I know you host them now and I'm so glad you do because, um, they are healing. They, I mean, well, they can be, you know, and I know the way you do them, they're incredibly healing. And um, that's my intention with, with mine as well. So teach it, teach the creative part as well as, you know, how it can heal us. But um, so you took those, you, you took those retreats. So now you're, now you're painting again, right? And when you started painting again, did it, did that impact other areas of your life? Or did it, did it, did you just keep it in that lane? You know, you know, how did you feel what happened within you or, or nothing? Oh, more than nothing. It was everything. <laughs> it was life-changing. I, I, I call art my, I mean, it became my therapy. My, uh, I was trying to do meditation and I remember a therapist telling me, you don't have to meditate in the traditional way that people think of meditation. Like art can be your meditation. And I was like, yes, hell yeah. Like that's, <laughs> it's my meditation. Uh, and it's my joy and it's my safest space. And it's where I feel the most embodied. Um, yeah, it changed everything. I just really feel like it helped uh, be this healing practice, this joyful practice, this calm. Uh, it was where I went when I needed refuge. It was where I went to find joy 
it really, it just permeated everything. And I've made it, I made it a practice. Like it was, it became, it was this hobby on the side, but it was so much more. And it was probably for a decade. It, it was this place that I went to for safety and refuge for right. over a decade. Yeah. Is, is that one of the reasons that you were inspired <clears throat> to now offer this to other people or, or what was it that inspired you to do it for others? I think in part is because I went to these classes and I went to these retreats and I found really great community there, but I kept looking around and there seemed to be a common thread between a lot of the people who took these classes and retreats. And I have met lifelong friends um, in that common thread, but it ended up being a lot of cis straight white women with privilege, which makes sense and who have time and um, access to this. And I, but I looked around and I was like, why aren't other folks taking these magical retreats? Why aren't there more? Why am I the only queer person in a lot of these rooms? Uh, and I'm doing this day job where I'm thinking about equity and privilege and access. And I'm thinking about the students I work with and the communities that I live my life and my partner is trans. I'm like, what? And I'm queer. And like, why aren't other people showing up in these spaces? Uh, and so I really wanted more of the community in those spaces. So I think that's part, it just felt like a natural, like I'm gonna bring my community in and have these spaces where we're gonna start these retreats and introduce ourselves with stuff as simple as like, these are my pronouns and this is a safer space for us to be in and um, being really intentional when I was looking for a retreat space, making sure that there was accessibility. Uh, so all this stuff I wanted to weave into what I was doing in my academic uh, higher ed space that I also wanted to see in the art space and bringing other folks into these community spaces. So that I was... That's amazing. And that's such a, this, I think this is a really important conversation. Um, I know you and I um, have, have talked about this just together before, but I do think it's a really important conversation. It reminds me of, um, you know, just the idea that if you see a need in the world and you're like, why is this not happening to create it yourself? Um, but that's all well and good right? That sounds like, oh, that's a, such a great ideal. But to actually do it and to have, I guess, the the kahunas to, well, that's not even that good. We don't need to talk about balls on this. The ovaries. <laughs> to have the ovaries. <laughs> the ovaries. Yeah, the, to, to, to actually believe you could be the one to do it when you haven't seen it done before, it's really, really quite remarkable um, to know, okay, well, maybe if I don't see it being done, maybe maybe it's me, right? Maybe it's you. I think that is where you really helped me, though, honestly. Like, that was when I started working with you, and I probably was just focused more on the trauma I had experienced and how this was a healing uh, call for me. And you were like, oh, like, really, let's drill into your why and what makes you so special. 
uh, and what you're offering. And I, I, I knew that, but I was afraid to embrace it in part because anytime I talked about being queer on Instagram, I lose the most followers, like honestly. And, but then I gain the people who real, who I want in my space and who I want to be in my community and, um, collectors. But I, I, every time I national coming out day, anytime I talk about pride, I lose the most followers. Uh, but then just thinking about, okay, who is my community? How do I want to show up in this world of creatives? And there's so many of us. Um, yeah. Well, I also want to say that, um, you know, being standing fully in who we are and our the fullness, we're not going to be for everyone, right? But you are going to be, and this is, I'm glad you brought it up because I do talk about it. You, you're, you're not going to be for everyone, but you're going to be for the right people and they are going to think the sun shines out your ass. I mean, I'm, I'm quite sure the sun shines out of your ass. <laughs> right back at you. <laughs> But it is scary. It's not to say it's not scary. There are a lot of times where, uh, you know, I feel strongly about um, uh, different social issues or, um, you know, new legislation that comes down. And I, I will speak about it on my platform. And people who care very much for me and, and are looking out for me and for my best interests will suggest that I not be quite so vocal about my own views because they're worried for me that I will, you know, lose business or lose followers. And I just think that, um, I just have to, you know, walk, walk the talk and I'll be damned if anybody's going to keep me silent another day. Right. I mean, it's part of why I love you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate other artists showing up and doing that. And I look for those folks in my world. And so I yeah. appreciate it. Well, you are, um, you are an example of that, of showing up and showing up scared, right? If anybody thinks that we stand up for our own belief systems and are all, and are, we don't have a little bit of fear in us that they're mistaken. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been, my mantra of late is A, I am worthy. Uh, Worthy is my word for the year moving forward. And then B, that I am making friends with fear. Like I'm, I'm terrified. I, what have I done? I left (laughs) tension. I left stability. I left, I, I show up afraid all the time and I left feeling trapped. I left uh, knowing that this was what I was meant to do. I mean, every part of my body, like I knew last time I saw you in person, I hadn't left my job yet. And I, I just remember being, I just remember how much I kept telling myself, I know I need to do this, but I'm scared, but I'm not sure I'm ready. But, and I just had all these reasons of why it wasn't the right time. And until I couldn't stop Mm -hmm. I had to stop those, those, those uh, mantras in my head. Yeah, no, it's, but they're, they're real. And speaking of Brene Brown, uh, she was, I was listening to her say something about there's something that happens to us kind of mid, what, you know, 40 ish, you know, that's that to women, especially where the universe takes us by the shoulders, looks into our eyes, our eyes and says, 
No, I'm not kidding. Quit fucking around. Yes. It's time I literally, to do this. I read this. I went at one point and I was like, is this a midlife crisis? And I went online and I found something from Brene Brown and it was like, this is a midlife awakening. And I was like, this is a midlife awakening. This isn't a crisis. And like, this is the end of the world. This is like where it's going to fucking start. So that's where I'm looking at it right now. I just started my life six months ago. So was there a moment when you just said, it's now, I'm doing it now. Was there a defining moment or was it a series of moments? Uh, it was a series of events, but it was also, I had just taken, truthfully, I had just taken that art retreat with you in Italy. And I, right before I had taken that retreat, I had taken a mental health leave of absence from my job the spring before I was in the lowest of the low. And I think I was just fighting that I knew that this was inevitable and I was so scared. And every part of my being was like, this is what I need to be doing. And I had all these other reasons why I shouldn't be doing it. Anyway, I took that, I had taken the art biz class with you. I had done all the research. I gathered all the tools. I took that art retreat in Italy. We were in that wine bar the day that you and Jada and my partner uh, we all were drinking and you, you were like, what are you waiting for? Uh, I believe in you. Like you, what are you waiting for? This is what you're meant to do. And I think I started to believe it. I, I honestly, I, I was so scared and it really was this imposter syndrome that I could not let go of. And it's like something clicked. And then I went back and I went to my job and I said, I went back and I said, I'm going to go part-time. And I did it. I lasted two weeks. And then I was like, what am I doing? It was just this, it was just this fallback, this crutch. And I, two weeks in, I was like, I can't do this. And I, I rage quit. <laughs> Basically, I just like, I, I was in denial and I was like, I'm doing this. There's no going back. And I don't, uh, I, I, I just, it was like, I had seen some kind of light that I was like, I have, I can't stop thinking about doing this. I can't stop making excuses. This is what I'm going to do. And so that was six months ago. And here I am. I know, I know. <laughs> so in the last six months, um, you've done a lot. I, Cause I follow you on Instagram. I see you selling paintings. I see you teaching workshops. I see you applying to exhibitions. I see you like really going for it. And I know you're only six months in, which is, you know, just not hardly any time at all. Um, but it excites me because I see you doing the damn thing. Um, you are an entrepreneur now, right? You owning your own business, owning, you know, having an art business um, where there is no fallback plan, there is no plan B, you know, that is wrought with fear and worry and imposter syndrome. And you're, and I know this because I've been doing this for almost 20 years and I still have the same worries and the same fears, but I'm able to look back and go, oh, I sold, and you know, this year I've sold this many paintings. I did this. And going back and saying, okay, this is, this is how I'm doing it. Um, can you speak to some of the wins 
that because we were talking before we got on here, we were talking about how we're not going to sugarcoat this. You know, there's it's not all rainbows and unicorns when you when you're doing this. There's a lot of worry and fear. Um, but are, have there been wins for you that you have celebrated? And if so, what are those? Yeah, that's what I. <laughs> That's why uh, what I keep thinking about lately is okay. I'm going to celebrate the wins because truthfully, I've had some disappointments this week, yeah. uh, and I've had several rejections. But I've also had wins. So I was in at a piece in a gallery show on Friday that felt legit. <laughs> this gallery show, and it felt really good. And then I was just offered uh, a show for a month in another gallery. I, my last two workshops have sold out, which is really exciting. Uh, And I had a wait list, which was also very exciting. Uh, And I'm, yeah, those are all wins. I need to celebrate those and just remind myself that this is part of, the disappointment is part of this process. And I am making fear my friend, whereas fear was stopping me. I mean, this podcast, doing this podcast, I'm scared shitless. <laughs> but I was like, I'm just saying yes to things that that scared me, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I had a, um, I hosted an event on New Year's Eve with, I'm a huge Brandy Carlisle music fan. And I hosted, I was asked to host a wine event, wine and art event. And I was terrified and I was, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. And it ended up being one of the best nights and inviting people into the studio. So those are all, win- I'm just really excited about, there's been a lot of wins. I have a, um, another show coming up. So yes, there's been wins. And also there's been a lot of disappointment and rejection along the way. And I am determined to persist. And I had a mentor who told me basically that, I was, it was a bad idea for me to leave my job and I'm determined to prove her wrong. So I'm using that as like, I am going to do this. Oh my uh, gosh. So. That is, that has always been my biggest motivation. Please tell me I can't do this and I will prove you wrong. Right. Yes. It's, this. it's the best. Can you um, speak to, uh, and this isn't something you and I talked about ahead of time, but I know that the work you do is important have you had any feedback from the community that you serve from the people that have taken your workshops and have you had any feedback on what people have experienced through taking workshops through you from you? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, and I think that, well, a, I've had people tell me that this is what I was meant to do. Like after taking, taking one of my classes, like, this is where you shine. This is what you're meant to do. And that feels really affirming. And then I've had folks talk to me about how the space helps them in all the ways that it helped these retreats helped me previously, mm-hmm. but also that they get to show up and be their fullest selves and their, their, their themselves taking a painting class. And a lot of folks, I, I always am surprised but I shouldn't be surprised. A lot of folks who have not done art in decades since they were kids and how this is tapping into something for them uh, that they haven't been able to tap into. And especially with the stressors of the world right now, that this is really healing for them and to show up in community an inclusive community and to feel really, um, 
seen and heard and safer in this space has really been affirming for me. And it's just a reminder, like, oh, yes, this is exactly what I, it's just constant reminders, like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And this is really beautiful. And, and what's been really beautiful is uh, the mix of folks who show up and then get to, like the, I just, there's something magical about community spaces around making art and you show up terrified and vulnerable and then you go through this and you're putting yourself out there and then just how beautiful and healing to be that vulnerable around a group of people making art for as adults and a lot of times again people haven't done it and then walk away and just feel so affirmed and uplifted and it's just, I just I have such a hard time describing what that community and that retreat space is like but that is really one of the um, most beautiful parts about what I want to do so it's again the art process is really important to me but really it's about that community like that is my that's my why that's part of my purpose in doing this and I know it is yours too because I had that same experience in your retreat it was uh yeah it was so affirming and so beautiful and I met people from all different walks of life and you just walk away feeling so connected and so inspired and affirmed and so yeah I hope I can do that you absolutely are doing it you're you are you are doing it and and this is important for I think all artists to understand. You know, I've done interviews with very very well established artists already. You know, they've been doing it for a long time. They have a lot of financial success and other success. But I want to have this conver- I wanted to have this conversation with you. Number one, because I want the whole world to know who Becky Jones Springer is. But I also think it's important to have this conversation for so many artists who are thinking about uh, taking the leap to do this and seeing what it's like at the beginning of the journey, right? Because those artists that I interviewed before that had all this success, they were once exactly where you are. But we need to talk about that. It's not that because it's scary and because it's hard, it's not that that's when we quit. It's just that we just keep going. As, as we said, as I said earlier, there's nothing in me that's unique except for the fact that I don't have a plan B, I don't have a partner, and I'm just not going to quit. I'm just going to keep going. And I've, and I've been an entrepreneur in uh, many other industries, restaurant industry, organic clothing industry, uh, wine bar, uh, just different industries, and it's no different for those industries as it is for artists. It's just that artists have been told over and over again, this is a stupid idea. You really shouldn't do that. What the hell are you thinking? And so we have a tendency to believe it. Well, I would argue that you are more than that and there is something special about you, but yes, I hear what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. So um, as I said, many of our listeners um, are thinking about taking the leap um, and to create an art business like yourself. What advice would you, and I know you're early on, so, um, but what advice would you give to people who are thinking about taking that next step? Yeah, I think the business side of it is why I reached out to you first and why I took 
uh, your first class. Uh, and I would say do the research. So I think. What do you mean by research? To do like learn about the marketing tools, learn about how to create a great website, learn about your purpose, like really consider who your audience is. I think that's why figuring out your why and why you're doing this and who your audience is, uh, creating that. I didn't know what an artist bio was. I didn't know what an artist statement was when I first started this. Like all of that was so unknown to me. So I would learn about all those aspects that you don't get yeah. taught and I don't even I don't know where you get taught but right. do that well, research well, that's why I created the art biz for rebels because where do you get all of this in one collective thing and I think so many times when when I am teaching or people start the art biz for rebels it's foundational of like what's your why what's your purpose and I think oftentimes like no just tell me how to apply to a gallery or no just tell me how to do social media it's like oh you got to start with digging into that why are you doing this in the first place? Yes. And that's what I mean by research. So, and I think that's what was helpful. I knew some of the stuff when I came into your class, but having it all in one place that I can even go back to still now. Uh, but it, that helped me feel more confident, like more mm-hmm. prepared. And my other advice would be to find your encouragers because I really had to rely on those people who are my champions when it's when those disappointments come when those Mm -hmm. that heartache comes because this is a field fraught with I mean that disappointment that I'm trying to make my friend but also you're just putting yourself out there and so and that um it's been really helpful to rely on the people who are um, in my corner and championing me and then also remembering why I'm here and what my purpose is and going back to um, this belief in myself and that I'm worthy to be here. Yes. I I love that. Find your encouragers. Yeah. I love that. I will always be your encourager, by the way. (laughs) You are. And uh, yes, we (laughs) just think when I met you. uh, Yeah. Anyway, we got along right away and I was like, oh, she's my people. Like (laughs) Jody's my people. I'm so glad I met you. Well, likewise. Um, So uh, we have a tradition here uh, of asking our previous guests to leave a question for our next guest. Uh, And they never know who they are. So before I get to your question for our next guest, I'm going to ask you the question that our previous guest asked. And their question was, what is your true north? So I feel like I'm talking about all this heavy stuff and then I'm going to tell you my true north. Uh, (laughs) My true north is radical joy. Uh, And I, I, that has to be, that has to be why you and I uh, connected so much right away. And I honestly, I think about retreats too, because they can be really heavy. I had lost my luggage when I showed up at the retreat with you and I was a mess. I didn't even have a toothbrush. Anyway, I was a mess. But then what I remember of that week is not that it's how much laughter and how much joy. And I feel like I am, I am queer. I am fat. I come from poor working class family. I've been disowned by my parents. I have trauma up the wazoo. Like I have, I'm a cancer survivor, all this stuff. And I am determined to find joy. Like that is 
that's my true north. Like I, and not to say I don't have mental health stuff that comes along with that, but I really like, part of that is finding gratitude. Part of that is in community. Part of that is in art. Uh, but that is my true north is really, it's finding that radical joy and surrounding myself uh, with people who bring me that joy, going to concerts, practicing. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's my true north. It's what I'm doing every day. So I'm looking for a radical joy. I love that. I love that. And I see it. Um, I'm glad that um, that we're going to have snippets of this at our video because I want people to see that smile that you have. You, Your smile is absolutely radiant and, um, and your relentless pursuit for your own joy and your own happiness is palpable. Um, so thank you for uh, never letting go of that and for yeah. relentlessly pursuing that. Um, so what would be your question for our next guest? So I think related to that is how do you cultivate joy in your creative practice? I love that. So the question is, how do you cultivate joy in your creative practice? Yeah. Exactly. Love that. Love that. Becky Jones Springer, how can people find out more about you? Yeah, I am on primarily on Instagram at Becky Jones Springer. I'm also on Facebook and, is and that, my website. We'll put it in the show notes, but it's, um, how do you spell it? B-E-C-K-Y, right? Yeah, B-E-C-K-Y-J-O-A-N-S-P-R-I-N-G-E-R. Okay. And that's my website as well. And then I'm just going to start a YouTube channel, but, and I'm going, I'm going to record a class, all the steps, but this is where I'm at right now. So Instagram, awesome. Facebook. Awesome. And if they wanted to find out more about how they can work with you in your workshops, where would they find that? Yeah. My website, Becky Jones Springer or Instagram. That's where I show up the most. Okay. Awesome. It's been such an honor to talk to you and oh. I am so, uh, I, I'm so glad you're in the world and that you're teaching and you're creating your art. Your art is absolutely stunning. I'm glad people are going to be able to see it on Instagram also and on your website. So everyone do yourself a solid and go follow and check out my friend and artist, Becky Jones Springer. Thanks for being Thank here. You. Hey. Hey.